Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 135 of Camp Strange. I'm your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and crucifix? Hmm. And before we get into our longer yeah. stories, <laughs> keep you guessing, David. Before we get into our longer stories today, we got to catch you up on any of the weird news you may have missed this week. And I have a story right here as cops and robbers stolen Doritos truck uh, truck chase. Not that's a hor. What? Why did they write it like that? I. Why didn't you read it first? No, I read the I read the um the title on Reddit because it was on like the weird news Reddit. Yeah. And then yeah. like I clicked the TMZ article and they wrote this like bullshit one. It was like. See, that's why because the Reddit one always has better headlines if the other one has shitty headlines. Yeah. And so that's why I click on like the comment area so then it doesn't go to the article right away. Mm-hmm. And then it saves you know, the good headline. I'm trying to, like, let me find that, that headline again. Uh, maybe I'll just read the other one now because I'm trying to find the, the good oh, title. God. Off to a great start. <laughs> Think about all of our new listeners from your glorious TikTok. <laughs> oh, here it is. Account. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You guys want to go find us on TikTok. We're on to TikTok. Well, Tobin's on TikTok. I'm on to TikTok. Okay, wait, I got this right here. Stolen Doritos truck chase in Oklahoma City lasts 100 miles. Ooh. Yeah, so this guy, Eric Estrada, isn't that the name of the chips guy? Whoa, no pun intended. Yeah, it is. Oh, God, I fucking hate this TMZ fucking article. They're making jokes. It's not even Eric. The guy's <laughs> name's not Eric Estrada. <laughs> I can't keep up with this. I, I uh. So you got bamboozled by TNC. I know. So this guy, his name is Joshua Carp. Um, so he's in Oklahoma City, and he he pulled up to a gas station, and there's an unattended uh, Doritos truck. That oh, was a, who hasn't who hasn't considered this? <laughs> it was a big white van with a giant, uh, you know, sun stained, sun faded uh, Doritos logo on the side. Um, I'm I'm of course talking uh, nacho cheese. Um, and he just got in it and started driving away, which I don't get. Like, did that guy just leave his keys in the ignition? Yeah, I do. Is that something you do when you don't have like doors? Oh no, he has doors on this. You know, there's like, he's not the UPS guy. Yeah, I know. What are you talking about? Then why did this guy just leave his keys in there? Anyway, um, so he just he hopped in that bitch and uh, he drove it across three counties and it lasted ninety minutes. And uh, they eventually they eventually had to shoot out his tires before arresting him. <laughs> oh boy! So who's like, paying for that? Is Doritos paying for that? Are the cops paying for it? You know who's paying for it? We're paying for it. <laughs> tax dollars. The guy who walked back out of the gas station bathroom and realized all of his Doritos were gone. But, what if it was just a private collector? It wasn't even like a, a restocker. That's so much sadder. That's so sad. <laughs> but like the, the cops, like he, he makes a good point. He said, he's like, I would love to know the motivation of stealing a truck. That's very, very easy to spot and doesn't go very fast. <laughs> but like, not, see, I, I figured like in that situation, you just take stuff out of the back and put it in your vehicle. 
Yeah, you, you steal the stuff out of it. You don't steal the truck because, like you said, not fast. And it's the one with the Doritos logo on the side. It's not hard to find. But, hey, kudos to him. 100 miles? Like, not bad. Yeah. So. I had, I had to end in gunfire. I know. Crazy. Like, you would think they would, they would just do the spike strip or something, right? Yeah. Maybe just drop no, some. Well, we all know. We all know Doritos tires are reinforced and the spike strips don't do anything. Because if you drive over a Dorito, it's it's sure to puncture. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's science. It's just dust. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gee, the, the Dorito dust. <laughs> that doesn't make I was talking about the hard chip, David. I was reading somewhere that they <laughs> Doritos said that they could make Doritos chips uh without the dust. Oh. But they do it for the experience. Wait, you're saying that they would taste the same? Yeah. They said that they could bake it just like into the chip oh. and it would taste the same and there'd be no difference, but the dust is part of the experience. That's kind of true. Because you get. I see. That's my least favorite part. That's why I crush the bag and pour it in my mouth at once. Do you do that? Yeah. What? Why? I don't like the dust. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like that 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 thin that thin Ugh. turf the thin turf of Cheeto dust that you got to scrape no. off your fingers. Cheeto dust. I mean Dorito ah. dust. No, I don't like it. Cheetos are the same way. Yeah, Cheetos are actually more notorious for it. I think. I think that's mostly because of the color. Yes. Also, probably they've been around longer. Hmm. Maybe that. Ah, uh, I would say no. Oh. I think Doritos out outdate them. Okay, maybe. Probably that's, my, that's where I'm going. Probably came out at the same time. It's probably is it all no. Frito Lay. What, what's going the on? The same there? day. What a day in the, the bag <laughs> snack history. This guy knew too much. That's why he sold the truck. He was driving it to Big <laughs> Cheeto, and they were gonna burn it out in front of the, like the complex. <laughs> I think they're the same company. Yeah, they probably are. So you get those snack packs you get, and you can get ones with both of them in it. Yeah, you get inner rivalries, you know what I mean? Like That's true. That's how, that's how it happens. Anyway. It's all to make Big Papa Chip happy. <laughs> anyway, do you have a new story for us, David? Yeah, alcoholic monkey gets life sentence in India after attacking 250 pedestrians. What? Alcoholic monkey <laughs> gets lifetime sentence. It's life sentence in India after attacking 250 pedestrians. <laughs> okay, first I want to know: Was he drinking whiskey? Because that makes you mean. Uh, uh, he's an alcoholic. He will drink whatever he can get his little hands on. And like, did he get a life sentence because he attacked 250 people in one day, or is he a notorious monkey that they finally caught? I, th- I think they finally caught him. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think you should put him a life sentence, but uh, is that what like a zoo is? Well, here it said the last last little paragraph here. Uh, Nazir, um, who I th- is a veteran zookeeper, uh, Nazir pointed out that the monkey had tried to attack female zookeepers as well as monkeys who shared the same cell, the same cell <laughs> with him. Uh, as a result. He said the zoo had decided to isolate uh, Kalua for the rest they of his life. They named him Kalua. It's not spelt the same, oh. so it might not be pronounced the same. 
uh, decide to isolate him for the rest of his life since he would likely strike again if let loose. No. Just give my man. If you're going to put him in a cage, then you could at least give him the booze, too, because he's not going to attack anybody while he's in there. Yeah. Right? Either take away the booze and leave him out in the open or. Oh, he he killed someone. Oh. Oh. It resulted in one death. Oh. Uh, many had to have plastic surgery to repair bite wounds. <gasps> oh, shit. Well, I guess he's lucky he just didn't get shot, huh? Okay, I, I skipped the best part right here. This is the first sentence. An alcoholic monkey in northern India has uh, been sentenced to life behind bars after going on a rampage and injuring 250 pedestrians when his supply of booze ran out. Oh, fuck. So it was one isolated event. Oh my god! So he was—he was—he wasn't even drunk. He was—he was having withdrawal. Maybe he's coming down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for the people now. I felt bad for the monkey at first, but I mean, it's a lose-lose. Yeah, no one wins in that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Attack 250 people? I guess you just run, right? I mean, why do, oh, he'll catch you. I know. I feel like I'd rather just, like, give him a little parachute and toss him off a plane over some island and he can live out his days there instead of in fucking shoebox. Yeah. Duct tape shoebox. And if only the people knew that all they had to do was, like, hand him a beer and he would have probably stopped. Like, But that's never your first Where instinct. does that end? Yeah. If you give a mouse a cookie. Oh, uh, yeah, that's enabling, huh? But I was going to say, but, like, you never really think that, like, when you're being attacked by a monkey just to hand him a beer, right? I mean, we would. Yeah. We would know that. Probably. Because of, like, the, the, the one that drank while working the railroads. You other monkey guy? Yeah. yeah, but, like. Yeah, but, I mean, if that monkey wastes that beer or spills it, then... They're going to have to keep me away from him. He was a half beer guy, though. True. So he was moderation, everyone. Come on. Yeah. Everything in moderation, especially attacking people. Um, <laughs> so next story is uh, wife furious after finding husband selling healthy lunch he packed every, uh, she packed every day to buy fast food. Oh, no. So, so um, over in England, I guess this woman and her husband, uh, she was packing healthy lunches for him because uh, they were trying to save money to buy a house. And she found, they calculated everything and they found out that he was spending, what is it, 200 oh, sorry. Oh, boy. The story bores me. <laughs> no, uh, $275 on fast food every month. And, uh, and, so she started like packing him health, oh. healthy sandwiches for you know. Hold like, on, how mu- how much a month? Uh, two hundred seventy five dollars, two hundred pounds. So two hundred. Oh. I I did the I did the conversion rate already, but um, but she she did this so she he's like yeah you're eating healthy and we're saving money, and uh, she would text him and be like do you like your sandwiches and he like wouldn't respond and then he would get home and he would ask her to make more than two sandwiches to satisfy his appetite. And the woman soon discovered that oh. uh, he was selling them to his colleagues <laughs> uh, and then using the money to go buy fast food. Like, that's, that's like, funny and weird. But also, it's it's more weird that uh, someone's buying his homemade lunch from him. I mean, those sandwiches must have been pretty good, right? Yeah. I, th- I mean, it had to have been great. It couldn't have been, like, a ham and cheese. 
Yeah, but it was really it was more about the uh, the snack pack. Oh, I'm gonna trade you for your snack pack for your banana. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I remember like growing up, I really liked uh, like my parents never made these for me, but like I I went to like a friend's house and he made one, and I was like, oh, these are like good, and they're not good, and I don't know why I kept eating. They're cheese sandwiches. It was like yeah. white bread with some mayonnaise on it and like two slices of like American cheese. Yeah, it's just an uncooked grilled cheese. Yeah, it's like will you put mayonnaise in your grilled cheese? You can. I don't. Yeah, but you can. I've heard about that too. But like, I would eat those, and I don't know why, but I just like the way it stuck to my teeth. Do you ever? You know what I'm talking ah, about? <laughs> first the dust, and now this shit. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, like when you eat white bread sandwiches or like potato bread, and it just sticks to like. The- I'm gonna drill a hole in my head. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to make you so many cheese sandwiches and send them in the mail. Oh, I can't wait for him to get you. <laughs> mayonnaise. I'm, I, I'm just going to be like, please apply your own mayonnaise. Oh, and your own cheese and your own bread, actually. All that goes bad in a box. Just an empty box. <laughs> that just says, make a cheese sandwich for yourself. It's on me. Uh, just paint it on a rock. <laughs> Oh no! Then I gotta then I gotta do the shipping, the the weight shipping, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing I'm not doing that's cheese sandwich money or yeah, Wendy's money. Uh, what kind of fast? Wendy's is expensive. Yeah, oh, you know what? All fast food's kind of expensive. I went to Katie and I. I'm not proud of this, but I did it. We went to Taco Bell the other day, and I ended up dropping yeah. like 18 bucks. And I was like, "What? Ooh, what? what did you buy? I bought 18 fucking tacos." Well, we got like some Doritos Locos, and then we got like a quesadilla <sighs> and like a chalupa or something like that. And it, like it just like added up, and we're like, "What the fuck?" I used to eat so much Taco Bell in college. And then I stopped. Uh, yeah, college, post college, pre college, all the time. <laughs> And, uh, and I stopped for like a month and then had it again and immediately just felt sick. Oh, really? Yeah. You stopped for a month. Was that like, it was that just took a month. Was that like a, uh, like a A daily thing, like a Lent thing for you? Like I I need to take a month (laughs) off from the Taco Bell. How much Taco Bell were you eating? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Stop building them next to where my, where I live. (laughs) They're everywhere. They're getting closer. (laughs) The cheese sandwich taco coming to Taco Bell oh, near you. God. Think outside the sandwich. <sighs> Don't like that. Anyway, you have another news story, David? Oh, boy, do I. India arrests no. two men. <laughs> For being attacked by monkeys. India arrests two men who used monkeys to steal cash from unsuspecting victims. Dude, what the fuck? And there's a lot. I didn't realize there's so many monkey things going on in India. It's the monkey capital of the world. Yeah, I, I think, I feel like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there. I feel like there's a lot in like Indonesia too, or something like that. I yeah. could be wrong, but like, oh yeah, I know they love stealing glasses and uh, hats and mm-hmm. and uh, especially those Oakleys. They love a nice tourist with some Oakleys. Oh, we'll get some nice, like, neon yellow Oakleys. Oh. Nothing says, come touch my face, monkey. Like, <laughs> it's like neon yellow Oakleys. Um, yeah. The wraparound ones, too, you know? Like what Vin Diesel wore in Pitch Black. Whoa. Like Riddick? Chronicles of Riddick? 
Yeah. Because that was the first. Yeah, it's a pitch black was the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people might not people know the name Riddick more, right? Yeah, true. I just remember that movie when like he's fighting those prisoner guys and then he's like and he's like, come at me. And then he like he like <laughs> smashes that cup on the rock and then he like shoves it in that guy's chest and like kills him instantly. And then the other yeah. two guys like are like, Oh shit, and then he puts like this little tiny like bobby pin on the rock, like that's the next weapon I'm gonna use, and they both like run away. Yeah, and like, then Whoa. He, and then he looks directly into the camera and says, "I live my life a quarter mile at a time." Because <laughs> oh, my favorite part was when he he kills the guy with the cup, and then uh, they look at him and he puts a cheese sandwich on the rock next to him, and he goes, "I'm gonna make this stick to the inside of your fucking teeth." <laughs> Stop it. You know what? Just for that, you know what my all my all time favorite part of that movie was? What was when that bug gets under his skin and he runs down the hallway <laughs> screaming, and his dick flops out. Oh no! Sorry, that was the mummy. Oh, oh. you love that scene. I keep fucking thinking about. I thought about that scene the other day. I never stopped thinking about it. <laughs> Every time I see a little beetle. I'm like, Ooh. which one? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got me. Little skin beetle. You got me there. You got me there. Oh, fuck. Um, I've re- you think that guy knew that was happening? Uh, I don't know. He had a lot of robes on. He probably was like, I felt like my penis fall out, but like it might be covered by another robe. Right? I mean, what 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 would have been worse, like you know, telling the crew like, "Hey, I think my dick fell out," or fifteen, 15 <laughs> he's years like, later, he's like, everybody knowing about it like, because of this podcast. The director's like, "Cut! I think we got it. We're good. Let's move on." And he's like, "Uh, I'm wait," uh, and everyone's like packing up their shit. And he's like, uh, "My uh, my dick fell. Oh, uh, okay. Never mind. You got it. You got it. They're probably not even going to use that take. We got like four yeah. other takes. They're like, yeah, we're using the dick take." That, that was my weaker scream. There's no way they're going to use that one. <laughs> and the editor's like, knew what he was doing. He's like, yeah, I'm going to leave this one in. Yeah. This one I'm leaving in. Classic Disney. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we should probably <laughs> preface that. There's a scene in The Mummy where uh, the guy gets to... It's a pretty s- iconic scene. Yeah, where he gets the scarab underneath his skin and, he run- and the, the fat guy runs headfirst into the wall and he dies instantly. Well, like when the scarab starts going under his skin, he starts rifling through his clothes. And if, if you if you slow it down enough like David has multiple times, you see his yeah. little penis pop out. And uh, David just loves to bring that up whenever he can. <laughs> church, Church... Uh, AA meetings, any any place he can, he'll 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 bring it up. No, <laughs> I've tried to get him to make it a trivia question at trivia night, and they keep asking me not to come back. <laughs> what's the, what is the trivia? What's the what's the movie? What's the man's name? Uh, what part of his body falls <laughs> out of his groin region? <laughs> it falls out of his groin region. From okay from, okay from the the region okay of the groin. I, I mean, it sounds like an easy point to me. I'd say I'd say put it in, or yeah. or let it hang out. You know, it's a good first round question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, everybody knows it too. It's it's common knowledge at this point. Um, no. But I think you guys are caught up on any of the weird news. So uh, let's just no. get into these stories we have now. David, do you have a hobby? That you are fond of. No. <laughs> Besides talking about mummy penis. 
Aside, aside from mummy penis, no, I I honestly don't have anything that brings me joy in life. Oh, but what about your new hobby with the axes? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, my <laughs> new thing is I've really been enjoying finding old rusty axes and restoring them. Watch out. Hide your kids, hide your wife. David got two axes now. Mail me your old rusty axe heads. He, he, or don't. he hasn't learned to sharpen them yet. Thank God. No, I know how to do that. You just do that last. You don't want to be working on a sharp axe. That's just a, did you, a bad idea. Did you sharpen your other one yet? No. Oh. I'm not 100% done with the first one. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that was just a little side tangent. But today, I want to tell you a little story about what happens when a hobby or an ideology or just a thing goes a little too far and becomes your whole identity. You know, like a horse girl, which my girlfriend definitely wasn't in high school. <laughs> she hates when I say that. She wasn't, but I always say it. <laughs> because they, they uh, her family has two horses, but they got them later after she graduated yeah, high school. She, uh, oh, shit. She texted me. She heard me. Uh, she said, oh. <laughs> rude. Just the word rude in all caps. <laughs> she was not a horse you girl. You should say but... nay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Really missed opportunity. But um, so let's just get into the story because anyway, buckle up as today I tell you the tale of the crucifixion of Margarita Peter. So this sounds is, like a tasty pizza. I know. I just kept I kept a Margarita Pita. <laughs> not a pita, pita. It's like oh no, oh no, hey, oh hey, no! Peter. It was gonna happen. I knew it. Hey Peter. Wait. Hey Peter. Wait. <clears throat> <laughs> hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, Bonnie. <laughs> hey, not you guys don't have a poop sack. <laughs> anyway, uh, had to do at least one. Peter. Peter. Okay, so Margarita Peter was born on Christmas Day. In 1794, you already know shit's about to go bad. If I said 1794, yeah, well, not oh, not only no. not only that, but I said that the crucifixion of Margarita Peter, and she was born on Christmas Day. So you you know this chick thinks she's special already, man. Yeah. So you're a gift from God. <laughs> exactly. So she was born in a very small town of Wildischbach, Switzerland. Um. Margarita was the youngest and last of five children as Father John, shortly after the birth of Margarita, became a widower after his wife died in childbirth. Classic 17, late 1700s mm-hmm. stuff. Even after five kids, you think you would like be like, oh, like I'm fine. And then like the fifth one comes out and you're like, oh, nope, it took everything with it. Yeah. That one just grabbed onto everything. Um, <laughs> just gutted her. It <laughs> sucked. So, Margarita's uh, five siblings, brother Caspar, and four sisters, Barbara, Susanna, Elizabeth, and Magdalena, were all seen as remarkable children in their community. But none could hold a candle to Margarita, as she soon began to be known around the town as a child prodigy. You see, at school, she was notable for her aptitude in learning, while in church, she was noticed by uh, noticed for her devotion. And she was raised in the Zwinglian Protestant faith, um, which I guess is just a form of Christianity. Dude, I get, like, so confused. 
Yeah, I thought there was just one. They have like Lutheranism. This is like Zwing, Zwinglian. Dude, there's like. I mean, even LeBron James wrote a book. What? There's like the book. There's like the Book of King James or something like that. Oh, and it's like a it's like a offshoot of Christianity. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of dunking and Jesus. That's it's just so weird because Christianity has like so many offshoots. Like, like most of them started back in the day, like you know, like Lutheranism yeah. and stuff like that. But like, there's so many. And and I, I like the original Bible had enough basketball in it, honestly. <laughs> Jesus, Huba Cranes, Huba. Hoobastank Christ just dunking. Jesus. Hoop. Hoopastank. Hoop. I heard he's going to be in the new Space Jam. Uh, Who isn't? They put the fucking people from... uh, Clockwork Orange? Yeah. Yeah. They put the people from... Rapists. Yeah, they put the Clockwork Orange people in there. They're like, oh, in in the Looney Tunes universe, the rapist gang from Clockwork Orange uh, is allowed into the stadium. It's like... They're alive and well and get front row seats. Oh, so bad. So, um, like I said, uh, she was raised in the Protestant faith. Her enthusiasm for Christianity impressed even the local pastor when he was preparing her for her confirmation. So she was just like, goody two-shoes, know-it-all. And Marguerite is said to have been reading the Bible by the time she was six years old and and uh, summoned her family to hear her sermons. God, it's probably started, no one wants to hear that. It's probably started off as really cute. Be like, oh, little Margarita, she's going to do a sermon. And then, like, after a while, you're like, what, do we have to keep going to her sermons? The six-year-old's, like, really, really fucking putting us in our place. She's like, boy, this is this is, this is hour three. She said this is halftime. She saw me feeding the monkey beer, and now I'm a sinner? I don't get it. Um, so the girl's for- forceful personality exerted a gripping influence on her family and allowed her to dominate her older siblings. Yeah, just kind of seeming like an asshole at this point. Um, like, everybody has, like, this person that they work with where you're like, oh, man, like, you seem like kind of a, like a nightmare a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You know? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let David go into work stories right now, but, um, but I just mean like the person who's like the goody two shoes and they're always trying to like, like one up everybody in the office or something like that. And you're like, we get it. You're, you're the best. You get it here. Oh, I get, I get to work 20 minutes early every day. And you're like, oh, God, fuck off. Um, but, but as an example, Margarita's father would even declare that his daughter was set apart by God for some extraordinary purpose. Ooh, that really hurts the five of their kids' egos, I must say. So, um, Margarita's personality went through a radical change after 1816, and in that year, the young woman was invited by her uh, maternal uncle, a small farmer. Uh, I don't know if he was small in stature or if he was just, you know, he just growing one turnip out in a field. But Probably a little bit of both. So, <laughs> a small farmer in the nearby town of Rudolfinger. Fing, 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 fing. <laughs> Rudolfingen. You got it. Rudolfingen. Rudolfingen. <laughs> Rudolfingen. <laughs> um, yeah, in the nearby town of Rudolfingen, to work as his housekeeper. And while staying with her uncle, Margarita uh, came into contact with the Pietists, a fundamentalist movement within Lutheranism. Like I said, again. 
I don't really know. Pietist, uh, I, I tell you what they are right here, but Lutheranism is just another form of Catholicism. I mean, uh, Christianity. But in general, pietism is a movement within Christianity that stresses personal devotion, holiness, and genuine spiritual experience over mere adherence to theology and church ritual. Basically, you know, they don't just read, they do. So, like, mm. that's what it, that's why I got out of it. You know, they, they really, like, practice what they preach. and okay. Which is not necessarily a bad thing if uh, yeah. if the shit that's about to happen in this story didn't happen. But it did. So, um, it's kind of like a little bit of a culty vibe, I feel like. So. What, religion? No. no. <laughs> I just mean this in particular. This whole oh, thing okay. that's about to go down. So. Having attended the prayer meetings of this movement, Margarita became depressed and this change in her personality was quickly noticed by her siblings. When asked about it, Margarita's reply was that God was revealing himself to her more and more every day so that she became more and more conscious of her own sinfulness. Now, do you think God, when they said revealing himself more and more every day, do you think that he had a scarab under his skin? or? Well, he might have. <laughs> But he put it there. <laughs> He's like, ah, I didn't mean to show. I didn't mean to reveal myself to you more and more every day. But bugs, you know, you know how they be. Why did I let them all into heaven? What the heck was I thinking? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So she was just like really guilty every single time she went to these like prayer meetings. And she's like. I felt like I was like a top tier student who like loved God, but I'm actually a sinful asshole. And that's bad mm. when like the star student just like doubles down and is about to go, go ham on, on dunks on herself. On God, exactly. She's about to dunk on herself. Uh, so in 1817, Margarita returned to her home and began to preach the word of God. While Margarita was away, her father, John Peter had hired three new servants, Heinrich, Ursula and Margarita the second, uh, just another Margarita. I it must have been a popular name, like po- most popular names in the 1700s. Yeah, uh, Trowel, Shrew, Shrew. It is named after farm, farm, farm tools, farm hoe, <laughs> mole. <laughs> Anyway, so donkey bread. <laughs> that one we just named that one starved. <laughs> you haven't eaten much. So, uh, while Margarita, oh, like I said, oh yeah, they, they got Heinrich, Ursula, and Margarita the second, all of whom became Margarita's devoted, uh, devoted disciples in her religious endeavors. She she went and damn high. She damn recruited the servants. Not, come on, come on. John Peter hired them to clean the toilets, and now you, now they're all in a circle hitting a drum with an incense stick. Trowel. Well, I saw, boy, I saw one hell of a drum circle the other day. I'll tell you that. Oh, really? Where? I mean, it's Eugene. You drive, you you walk anywhere, you're gonna find one. But it's been a while since I've seen a good one, and this boy, this was a good one. <laughs> I uh, could hear it from like a mile away. Oh, really? I mean, you could smell it before you could hear it. But. <laughs> True. So I hope there was hula hoops involved too. 
No, this was strictly who. This is strictly drum business. Okay, hula hoops was next Tuesday. Yeah. So in the next three years, Margarita uh, Margarita's preaching drew many from around the area to her small town of Wildensponge. Um, as Margarita, however, was not content with this, and in 1820 decided to preach her message to the rest of Switzerland. So she was her. Her boots were too. Her britches were too big for this small town. She had to go find her, find herself. You know, wide open yeah. space, wide open spaces. So, yeah. so, so as she wanted. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Are you? Are, oh, sorry. Are you riding a horse? You're, yeah, you're doing a western thing. So I started riding a horse. Oh, okay, okay. That's pretty I'm cool, sorry. actually. I wonder if they. Yeah, I, was a, I was a horse girl. You were. Yes. I I could see that high pony of yours. Yeah, I would, I would do the whole running on all fours, jumping over barrels. Eating whole carrots, green part and all. <laughs> the green part's actually where all the nutrition is. I would. Use, I used to eat sugar cubes out of other people's hands. Got caught on a few trail cams naked in the middle of the night <laughs> licking, <laughs> licking the salt cubes. <laughs> oh, I've the seen those mix. things. Those things are crazy. They don't even yeah. taste good. They don't. <laughs> they, they taste like the inside of a cow's mouth. It's weird. <laughs> I like those happy cow things too that just scratch a cow's back yeah those are nice uh riley's dad uh my future father-in-law he has trail cams because they they live out in you know montana and they're in a pretty re- remote area and they get lots of elk on their land and so they have one of the salt cubes out there for the elk to enjoy oh uh but one night on his trail cam he caught a coyote pissing on it oh no <laughs> Do you think, little fucker? Do you think that elk's like that or no? Maybe. Oh, new seasoning. Freaky elk. <laughs> <laughs> so piss, piss boy elk. Um, <clears throat> as <sighs> sorry that that were you drinking over there? Huh? Can of piss. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Core is light. So, as she wandered across the uh, the country, people from oh, I'm not drinking Coors Light, man. Not, not cool. <laughs> Don't spread those rumors. Oh, talking about piss in a can? No, that's a natty light. No. That's a natty light. What? Piss in a can? Yeah, I like a Coors on a on a boat. Yeah, them, them thin cans. You you get that little extra high because you think you're drinking a Red Bull. Yeah, exactly. A little mind trick. Yeah, Michelob you do a Ultra. Sick backflip on on a wakeboard. <laughs> I'm watching my figure. Give me a Michelob. Ooh, could crush a twelve pack of those and that's twelve do calories. A twelve of those twelve calories. <laughs> <laughs> so. As she wandered across the country, people from all over Switzerland were drawn to her. One such person, uh, uh, one such person drawn to her was married shoemaker by the name of Jacob Morph. Although there is no proof of a sexual relationship, Margarita Mm. and Jacob would send each other passionate letters. Margarita even writing things like, we will ascend to heaven together and we'll share one throne for all eternity. That don't get you hot and bothered. You ain't a human. She also wrote, I've been thinking about you in a hallway with a beetle under your skin. <laughs> What's under them robes? Ooh, I want I want you to run head first into a wall for me. <laughs> Please. Oh, Jesus. 
but like crazy thing we will ascend to heaven the other damn girl you you crazy so this upset jacob's wife because like i said he was married yeah so it's no good so this upset his wife but of course uh he told her you know we're just work friends she's not even my type that's just a joke we do in church she sent me those pics because she wanted a second opinion about a rash you know all the all the all the classic <laughs> all the classic lines that get you out of those situations i had never actually heard that one before oh the rash yeah you would i thought you would know the most rash man I'm riddled. Have you seen my elbow? He looks like a world it's map. It's gone. It's gone. He looks like a world map if the ocean was red. <laughs> now, now you got me scratching. <laughs> so, so, I told you to stay away from the piss-soaked salt lick. Jesus, David. <laughs> so, in 1822, Margarita and her sister Elizabeth went missing. And after months of searching by the police, the two women reappeared on their own, though Margarita was pale and visibly ill. She refused to say where she and her sister had been, though. Which is like, uh, the mystery just kills me. Yeah, just spit it out. Also, I, I kind of picture they're like, oh, cops have been looking for, for, for months. I feel like it's just like a guy who's just like, have you seen a girl? <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh, have you seen a girl? I thought you said, "How do you say go?" <laughs> what the fuck are you? I like All they're right? in Switzerland too. I'm giving them like a thick British accent. Yeah, but like I just don't know like what the what how how good were the police in like I mean I don't want to get into politics right now, but like um but like what 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 were the police doing back then? Was it just like a guy with a horse who was just like. Hey, were you thinking about doing something? Don't do that. Because, like, you couldn't call anybody. There's no, like, calling the police. I feel like I mean, they this just had to like be before, there. Yeah, this is, like, before Jack the Ripper, and we all know how that ended, so they couldn't have been that good. Yeah, I guess it was just, like, they would walk around the streets, and then hopefully something would happen in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they uh, probably a big part of it was more, like, investigation after the crime. Yeah, which is... Not proactive, but, you know, you work with what you got. Yep. So, not long afterward, Jacob Morph turned up at the Peter house, apparently due to a message from Margarita that the two of them were close to the heaven ascent. Oh, shit. That's straight cult talk, right? Yeah. Okay. So, after... That's that's Kool-Aid mixing talk. Exactly. So, after her return, Margarita's behavior became more bizarre than ever. She secluded herself in her room with her sister, where the two read the Bible and prayed continuously. Uh, Margarita also began to speak about the devil, warning her followers that his forces were loose in the world. Margarita believed that she was the only one standing between the devil and the rest of humanity. That's gotta. That's gotta be stressful. That's to actually like to believe that though. Like with all of oh, your heart. Yeah. You pull my hair out. Yeah. Like honestly, I can't imagine. Like I mean, that must be like some. I don't say some form of psychosis or something like that, but like, cause like you know, there's people who like believe that now who are like oh, like uh, maybe not like, in the term of like I'm the Messiah, but like there's people who are like. 
the work I'm doing is keeping the devil at bay. And then like she, oh, she was like the, de- the people that go to college campuses and yell at college students. Yeah. They think they're saving the world. Yeah. 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 But like, she was probably like, ah, uh, um, she's like probably putting on boxing gloves and like looking in the mirror. He's like, he's going to come through that mirror any second now. I'm going to knock him back right into the fourth dimension. <laughs> like, I feel like that was like her idea behind it, you know? Yeah. Not like my preaching is saving the world and making it a better place. It's like, I'm going to fucking chop him in half with a sword, that devil beast. <laughs> Some real Alex Jones shit. I'm going to chop that pig fucker in half. <laughs> uh, um, so, <laughs> now you got me thinking about Alex Jones speaking of pig fucker. <laughs> Love that, man. So, uh, well, like I said, well, next thing I wrote, well, good for her being the only one God needed because Jacob soon, oh, because Jacob soon dipped back home due to his wife and work, which made Margarita double down in her devotion to her devil fighting. So she called this guy and said, we're going to heaven. And then he got here and she was like being crazy. And he's like, uh, I think I got to go back home. Like I, I got a wife and a job there. Like, Hey, these, these uh, Adidas aren't going to make themselves, you know? So yeah. um, Margarita's next move was to call some of her followers to her home where she ordered the house to be closed up completely with no worldly people being allowed to cross the threshold. What's a worldly person? Just like only spirits allowed, like holy ghosts and stuff? That's pretty cool. It's an exclusive club. Yeah, exactly. Once Once you're through the door... The only leave, the only way you leave, it is a body bag. No, no, the only way you're leaving isn't an ascent to heaven. You're going through the chimney like Chris Kringle. Pack light, cause you're flying out of here, bitch. <laughs> so, um, that included the local pastor who tried to express his concern about what was happening, and uh, given the control Margarita had over her over the entire household. That's exactly what they did. They kept the pastor out. If the pastor shows up at your house, he's like, okay, I get paid to do this. It's not a lot, but, like, I get paid to, like, love God and, like, to, like tell you guys what he's thinking. And, like, this ain't it. And can I come in? And they're like, oh, last time I checked, you didn't have a big white sheet over you, you asshole. You, you non-ghost. Get out of here, you worldly person. You already walked over that line of salt, so we know you're full of shit. <laughs> I saw you piss on that coyote, <laughs> that salt <laughs> line. Oh, you can't cross that salt line. It's got coyote piss in it. I tell you, don't touch it with your foot. You'll get a rash. I tell you that. Ooh, that's quite the rash. <laughs> so, so as ten, <laughs> do they just had a big salt lick at the front door? Mm-hmm. There's definitely ain't no ghost coming through there. Oh but boy, the neighborhood dogs love them. <laughs> oh, but they invisible. They can get through. Oh, they can yeah. get through. Oh, they're welcome, and that's that's part of the reason why this party is probably a nightmare. Yeah, away oh, from goddamn invisible dogs biting ankles and shit, oh. pissing on the wall sockets, <laughs> starting a fire. Are you pulling that from the Pappin sisters story, or is that an accident? No, nah, I was just I'm just thinking of what shit a dog could do to piss you off. Oh, remember that's what happened in the last story where the, the, <sighs> yeah, the sister no, I... pissed on the light socket. Was that last week? Yeah, it was the Pappin sisters. So last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't remember this morning. <laughs> it started with a lot of screaming, but besides that, I, don't... <laughs> I got too much sodium in my brain. 
that salt licks that salt lick looked like that jawbreaker that you sucked down to the yellow the yellow layer. You got the blue layer coming up next. Oh man. Once you hit that yellow layer, it's smooth sailing from there on. <laughs> so as tensions were high in the household uh one evening, Margarita Jagley, the housekeeper, or Margarita too, um uh, oh, she! I said the Margaret, uh, the housekeeper turned follower. You know, she's a follower now. Um, yeah. She reacted to hearing a loud pop from the fireplace by going into convulsions. She, you can never bring that bitch camping. I tell you what, <laughs> gonna ruin a good night. Oh my god! Be like, oh, this is so nice. Like, like stop it! You're bringing, you're bringing all the coyotes. They're gonna start pissing on everything. Jesus Christ, woman. <laughs> But, like, literally, it's crazy to think that, like, when the fire... I mean, like, it kind of makes sense because, like, it's scary, I guess, if, like... We always go, like, oh, people are so stupid. Like, oh, you're scared of a mirror? Oh, you're scared of, like, this and that? And we're like, well, we we all know what, like, the scientific process behind, like, a lot of this stuff now. Or just, like... Yeah. You know? But, like, back then, like, if the fire popped, you're probably just, like, oh, that's, like, the devil trying to shoot us. I don't know. He's snapping his fingers down in the fiery pits of hell. Uh, he fucked another pig down there. Jesus Christ. Had the pigs. That, that's, that's that bacon grease oh. snapping all the way oh, up. Man, don't get me started on bacon grease. I'm, I've been cooking bacon uh, every every Sunday, and I forget that's to good for I you. forget to put, not every Sunday, but like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. I eat very healthy during the week. I'm allowed a little bacon on Sunday. <laughs> Bacon, my bacon is my favorite food. Remember that little kid who loves chicken nuggets? From what she tried to take my chicken oh, nuggets. Yeah. I'm I'm leaving. I love that kid. Oh boy, you can only imagine what damage that did to him. <laughs> he packed up and he left. They never saw him again. Actually, crazy. Yeah, but no one did. But like I was saying, uh, you know, I, I sometimes cook it without the shirt on, and uh, I feel like the devil's in the household when when I'm when on that on them Sundays. Supposed to be a holy day, not my kitchen. <laughs> so, so like I said, she just went into convulsions and screaming that the devil had come for her. She pleaded with Margarita Peters, the the, the head honcho, and the others yeah. to pray and save her soul. This led Margarita to scream out, "Depart, thou murderer of souls, accursed one!" To hellfire, wilt thou try to rob me of my sheep that was lost? My sheep whom I have pledged myself to save? Pretty good. She's, yeah. uh, she, she's, she's got her uh, sermon real tight. Real, uh, e- even even in, a supr- in a surprise convulsion event, she was, she was ready. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And uh, though Margarita soon recovered, she continued to have seizures, and the rest of the household began having religious visions themselves. Uh, so she just created a she created a monster. Everyone's like, "Well, Margarita got a lot of attention when she did the whole convulsing thing on the floor. Maybe I should uh, mm. start hallucinating to try to get someone's like uh, attention." You know, give it a swing. Yeah, right. Invisible dog in the corner. She wasn't convulsing. An invisible dog had her by the collar, <laughs> whipping her around like a rag doll. Right by the collarbones. They want the bones. 
<laughs> the phones are the money. So they're money. <laughs> so um, Margarita wrote to Jacob Morph, member shoemaker, Adidas champ. She wrote to yeah. Jacob Morph to come to her aid, and on March eighth, eighteen twenty three, he finally finally arrived at Wildesbach along with two other believers. So he fucking came back. He's like, ah, I don't need that job or that wife. I'm gonna I'm gonna show back up here. Dude, he was out. He he left the crazy chick and he was like, you know what? Like I have a good thing going with my wife and my kids. I don't know if he had kids and my job and my shoes. But uh yeah he came back, which is uh, not great. So in March of eighteen twenty three, here's where it gets intense. In March of 1823, Margarita summoned the rest of her followers to her father's house where they prepared themselves for the final battle with the devil. Everybody do some jumping, jacks. We're going to fight the devil today. Margarita proclaimed that Napoleon's son, the Duke of Reichstand, would declare himself as the Antichrist and that the final battle would soon commence. Who, as like a... Like somebody who wants to like be the Antichrist, like take over the world, who'd be like, I'm the Antichrist. Wouldn't like the best move to just be like, I'm Napoleon's son. Uh, you guys should just listen to me because I'm a political power, and then I could do all my Antichrist shit and pretend like it's just like political. You know what I mean? Like, would you want to trick? Uh, no, because if you if you're that powerful and you are the Antichrist, you don't have to fucking hide it. You want to be all like. You want to flaunt it. You want people to be afraid. Yeah, but, like, don't you also want, like, the people to be, like, on your side to, like, do what you want? I guess if you're in straight, like, terror mode, like, yeah, I'm the Antichrist. So, like, you have to be, like, really solidified. Like, oh, I got – I'm going to burn down everything right now. I'm going to tell yeah. you guys right now because you can't – it's like when the villain's like, I have a bomb and there's a five-minute timer and I told All you the about cards it. Are on the table. I'm like, you should have told him at 30 seconds, not at five minutes, buddy. You know, yeah. I think he's, I think he's telling him too quickly. So, uh, Margaret, Margarita Jagley, who was, you know, the epileptic had a seizure and Margarita, uh, the cult leader declared that she was having a vision of Napoleon's spirit marching against her with an army. Therefore, she ordered her followers to take up any weapons they could find to fight this army. Oof, I don't think you're going to... Napole- Napoleon got good weapons. You got rolling pin. So, <laughs> I feel like everybody just like classic. Uh, if you lived in like a log cabin somewhere in Switzerland, you're, you're just going to hit someone over the head with a rolling pin eventually, right? Or a cast iron. Oh, that's good. Actually, that's a great weapon. Slow, slow, but slow, heavy. Slow, but powerful. Yeah, yeah if you, if you want to check the, the stats on that one, mm. high on damage, low yeah. on speed. Yeah. So Margarita's followers obeyed and for three hours attacked the furniture walls and the floor of her room. Just, just fucked it all Dude, up. they fucked up the room. I don't know who they thought. Like, was that like, was that training? They're Rick James. They were Rick James in that bitch. Fuck your couch. <laughs> but like, seriously, I don't get like what the end goal is that training? Was that like are we attacking spirits? Are we attacking ghosts? Like, I don't I don't know. Couches were ungodly. <laughs> I feel like her room just had a chair. Like she slept in that chair, she shit in the chair. <laughs> like yeah, you have to say you know, the strongest believers shit where they sleep. 
Oh, is this the new David Stokes religion? <laughs> is this the new offshoot? Of- shit where you sleep, and that's the only rule. <laughs> that's cool. Turn Going to stinky heaven. Turn in the bed. Um, so as groups of spectators started forming outside the house to try and figure out what the hell was going on, Margarita would look through the window and scream that the people watching were enemies of God. What a fun Tuesday. Yeah, she didn't like the paparazzi. No, she did not. So after destroying her room, Margarita and her followers went, uh, went to rest downstairs. And after about an hour, Margarita ordered them to beat themselves, which they did. Oh, so mm. here that's what she was preparing them for. A good old-fashioned, how hard can you hit? Hit my walls, hit my furniture, okay. Or, you know, maybe she was wearing them out so they wouldn't fatally blow themselves. What? They are wearing them out so they wouldn't just kill themselves. Fatally blow themselves? You know, I'll give them a, a fatal blow to the head. I hope that's what you mean. Or is that another part of your religion? That's another part. We well, don't. Okay, that's that's unrelated. We don't die of natural causes in this religion. <laughs> <laughs> we, my God, doesn't accept natural causes. We fatally blow ours. That reminds me of like Clerks, uh, <laughs> Clerks One, where he's like, didn't didn't he break his neck trying to suck his own dick or something? <laughs> they said that. Oh, oh boy. So, um, so where am I? Uh, you're talking about fatally blowing yes, yourself, of, I think. of course. Yeah. Um, so th- she ordered them to beat themselves up. And Elizabeth asked Margarita to beat her, though, as some kind of honor. So Elizabeth was like, hey, sister, can you beat me? Because I can't. I don't want to beat myself. I want you to beat me. So which Margarita did, of course, and even went after uh, uh, both of her eyeballs. Oh, no, no, no. She went after her uh, dad, too, who she beat the shit out of, uh, like Bam Margera style. <laughs> so, like, the dad was like, oh, yeah, he beat me up a little bit, too. So uh, she just beating the shit out of her family at this point. Eventually, the police were alerted by the common uh, commotion caused and came to investigate. Uh, so I guess they did get called somehow. Uh, the men and women were detained in separate rooms of the house and some of the followers were dispatched, uh, home. In the meantime, Margarita continued to rouse the religious fever, uh, fever of the women she was with and prepared for the, her final battle with the antichrist. You see, somehow Margarita and her remaining followers were able to return to her room where, uh, where the tools used during the previous battle if you could call it a battle, were left. When her brother Caspar came into the house at the request of the police, Margarita attacked him with one of her tools. So that's three family members she's beaten the shit out of so far. Very cool. Finally intervening, her father stopped her and then carried her injured son, uh, his injured son downstairs. And as a result, he missed what happened next. So dad was gone. I bet he would have probably thrown up some... Uh, you know, red flags here, but, uh, he, you know, he was too busy taking care of his son. So Margarita then asked if any of her followers were prepared to die for salvation. Elizabeth, her sister declared that she was willing to do so and, and started beating herself. Margarita, however, acted like the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean who, who, uh, who, uh, pushes Kira Knightley off the plank, you know, and says too long, you know that guy. Ah, uh, he's the was it? he's the big black guy, and he goes too long, and he like oh, okay, and he pushes her off the plank. 
Yeah. Well, she did it too long and took a hammer and hit her sister in the head. Oh. And for some fucked up reason, this inspired everyone in the room. And as a result, Elizabeth was bludgeoned to death by the rest of the followers. That's uh, it's a fun team bonding. Yeah. Yeah. So afterward, Margarita told the others, more blood must flow. I have pledged myself for the saving of uh, for the saving of many souls. I must die now. Margarita then struck herself in the head with a hammer and ordered her followers to crucify her. That's crazy. That's like the guy in the locker room who's like getting ready for the football game and he's just like punching himself in the head. Hitting himself in the head with his helmet. With his hammer. I mean, yeah, with his yeah. helmet. So, uh, though the manservant Heinrich promptly fled the scene, the only guy with a little knowledge in his head, you know, Heinrich was like, I'm out. He prob- yeah, I hadn't been bashed in with a hammer yet. Yeah. So he promptly fled the scene after hearing this, uh, and the others proceeded to nail Margarita's hands and feet to blocks of wood and then mounted her on the wall. So they didn't have a full-on cross. They just put her on blocks. I don't know, I guess. They might have built a cross. I think they probably built a cross, right? They probably had one. They probably had I mean, one they on reserve. fucked up the couch. It's true. Yeah, exactly. They just started like piecing the the old pieces of the couch together. The couch cross. The one chair, the shitting chair. Here, just put it together. Yeah. Stinks, but it works. So Margarita seemed completely immune to pain, even as she was being crucified and insisted that she would raise herself and Elizabeth three days after their deaths. Only after ordering them to beat, uh, beat on her skull did she finally die. So she was crucified up there and still not dead. And then she's like, okay, this like hit me in the head with a hammer a couple more times. And then she eventually died. Cr- okay. Crazy. Crazy shit. Yeah. Have they made a movie about this? I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. So caught up in the bizarre religious delusions that led them to commit murder, the remaining followers then quietly went downstairs to dinner. A policeman came by and had Margarita's father sign a uh, writ uh, guaranteeing that they all appear before the, before the magistrate for, you know, just like beating people up. But yeah. nobody mentioned that Margarita and Elizabeth were dead upstairs and the policeman promptly left. Like I said, Policeman, don't come on. Someone's got to tell him. I need him. There's inform- like blood dripping down from the fucking floorboards. Oh, they don't even notice it. Is that your raspberry jam room? What's up there? You're making blood sausage up there. Is it, huh? You got some preserves? <laughs> oh, you hit the red part of the jawbreaker already? Oh, good for you guys. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. So, three days later, with nobody outside the house, being aware of what had happened, Ursula and Heinrich went upstairs to remove the nails from Margarita's body. Uh, if they had been hoping that uh, this would hasten her resurrection, they were disappointed. Only after another two days of prayer did John Peter, the father, finally walk into town to tell the pastor that two of his daughters were dead. In the two-day trial that followed, all the followers present received some form of prison sentence ranging from a few months to 16 years. John Peters, their father, even received eight years of his, of, uh, his involvement. Margarita's house was leveled shortly after in order to prevent it from becoming a pilgrimage site, though some pietists were able to visit before the, its destruction. 
After the house was gone, the events... <clears throat> oh my god, I'm being possessed. After, <laughs> after the house was gone, the events soon became legend that faded from the minds of the townspeople. And just to wrap this up. So, in the end, all I have to say uh, is if you really, really, really like something, pull a friend you trust to the side and ask them, Hey, do I like this thing too much? Are people saying that I like this thing too much? Because one thing or hobby or ideology should never be your identity, but instead a collection of things so that you can keep perspective and not fall down into a weird rabbit hole where you ask your friends to nail you to a couple of two by fours. Yeah. I feel like that's, I a, agree. that's a fair, uh, that's a fair assessment. It's usually uh, a bad ending. Yeah, I think I think one of the the person who got sixteen years was the the, the most was, um, it might have been Margarita the second. It was one of them that like really helped, I guess, nail nail her to the cross and like beat Elizabeth. But yeah, I think most of them got like a couple months. But there's like certain people who were like, they probably just corroborated stories and were like, oh yeah. This guy, yeah, he definitely did it. This girl definitely did it. And they had a, I mean, kind of a lot for, like, the eight, early 1800s. I, I feel like people were just like, oh, you killed someone. People die. Yeah. yeah. You just go work in a field for a couple, like, months. Hard labor. That's what happens when you bring God into it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's the story of Margarita Peters. Peter. Oh no, that was a bad one. Give us a good one. Hey, Peter, that was a good one. <laughs> I'm like losing my voice. Yeah, same. Alrighty, everybody. As promised, this is part two of uh, Ben Drowned, the one I started last week. So a quick recap: uh, we have a dorm living sophomore college student named uh, Judiciable who we have renamed Jay because I don't want to keep saying that word. Oh, yeah. I was like, who's Uh, that? uh, Yeah. And so he had received a Nintendo 64 from his roommate, wanting to replace some of uh, the classics. He uh, went game hunting at yard sales where he met a strange old man who gave him a labelless N64 cartridge with Sharpie saying Majora's, as in the historic video game The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Uh, the game had a save file that read Ben in all capitals and the game had a few weird things going on. And now Jay is sitting in disbelief, unable to understand if what he uh, was encountering was just a glitch or something much more sinister. So uh, the game had sent Jay a strange message saying, you're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. And uh, Jay was in denial that the game was attempting to communicate with him. So that is the quick recap. Mm. And now we'll get into it. So Jay tried to ignore the message with the idea that it was just an error in the game. So he exited out and tried to continue to play the game. What did the message say again? I just read it. You have a reservation? You're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation, dot, dot, dot. Mm. Okay. Which is kind of creepy, like, you know, you're not sure why, but, like, you're supposed to be here. That's what they say every time I'm at Chili's. 
Baby back ribs. I'm not sure why you're here, but we expected you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you're not sure why you're here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's, expected you. Well, I mean, that's that's me at Applebee's because yeah. those Long Island iced teas are so cheap. I don't know why Ooh, I'm here. baby. I don't know when I got here. <laughs> All I know but, is that I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Put extra my, bacon my, on that burger. And my tab says 17 Long Islands. <laughs> that was 17 calories. So Jay tried to ignore the message with the idea there's an error in the game, so he exited out and tried to continue to play the game. But 15 seconds later, another message appeared on the screen. And like the first message, this was a pre-existing text from a different part of the game, which read, Go to the lair of the temple's boss with the options yes or no. Mm. So you get to decide? Well, you can kind of interpret it how you want. Um, go to the lair of the temple's boss. So the way I kind of see this is it's like go to the lair of whatever is controlling this, well, possibly haunted game. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So Jay hesitated for a moment, then selected yes, after taking a deep breath, of course. And then the screen slowly faded to white with the words, dawn of a new day. And the subtext reading, I think it's just I, 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 like it's just a bunch of mm-hmm. like lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure like what the actual text is, but just like a bunch of lines, uh, which was, you know, below the other part. Dawn of a new <clears throat> day with the white screen. Okay. Well, I think that's how the game usually goes. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's pretty normal. Uh, well, not the, not the weird, like lines l l lowercase l i think uppercase yeah i i think where the lines are would say like day one day two day three oh i see okay yeah so jay said where i was transported to filled me with the most intense sense of dread and impending fear i've ever experienced the only way i can describe the way i felt here is having this feeling of inexplicable depression on a profound scale. Mm. I'm not normally a depressed person, but the way I felt here was a feeling I didn't know, I didn't even know existed. It was such a twisted, powerful presence that seemed to wash right over me. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clocktown. Uh, Clock Town in the game is kind of like the main hub, I believe. Um, I walked out of the clock tower as you normally do when you start from the first day, only to find that all the inhabitants were gone. Usually with the fourth, usually with the fourth day glitch, you can still find the guards and the dog that runs around outside the tower, but they were all gone. You know, we're gonna spot that dog. <laughs> well, the dog was. Dog was still there. <laughs> you just couldn't see it. What replaced them was the ominous feeling that there was something out there in the same area as me, and it was watching me. Mm, what is that fucking moon? I had four hearts to my name in the hero's bow, but at this point, I wasn't even considering for my avatar. I felt that I personally was in some kind of danger. 
Perhaps the most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing ripped straight from the game, but played in reverse. No. And so I am going to play this song so you guys can hear it because it is a very fucking creepy sound backwards. I feel like anything backwards is horrifying in itself, right? Yeah. So this is this is what the song he is hearing. This is what it sounds like. And it just keeps going, so I won't I won't play the whole I think it's like a three minute song that plays on loop. It's oddly tranquil but disturbing. Yes, and I feel like just hearing that over and over again would like drive you fucking insane. Yeah, like it, it is kind of calming and nice if like you knew like that's like that was coming, but like everything else that leads up to that and then all of a sudden that starts playing backwards, you're just like that it gives you chills just like yeah. thinking about like something like that happening. But if you're just like, Oh, we're going to play this like song. It's like a backwards kind of song. and be like, it actually kind of sounded nice still like in a weird way. Yeah. And I think also another part of it is it's like, you know, the song like normally. And then when you hear it backwards, like it's, you know, very, very like bone chilling, but mm-hmm. also it's like, you're playing a game. That's like, I'm pretty sure it's in rated E for everybody. Like you're not playing, a horror game. If you're playing a horror game that comes on, it might not, you know, startle you too much because it's kind of what you expect. But this is like in the very unexpected. And it's also the song of healing. So that playing backwards, what does that imply? Exactly. So I'm going to continue with what he said. The music would get louder, building up so you'd expect something to pop out at you, but nothing ever did. And the constant loop began to wear on my mental state. <laughs> Every now and then, I would hear the faint laugh of the happy mask salesman in the background. Oh, I think I've seen that dude. So he is a very, very creepy NPC. Um, I don't think he was intended to be creepy, but there's something very creepy about him. <laughs> so is he I like, kind of just like a little jester-looking motherfucker? No, he's a pretty normal-looking dude. Um, he just has a very like grotesque smile and expression on his face that's very uneasy. Uh, so this is a three second clip. I'm going to try to play this. Oh no. And so yeah, it's got kind of a creepy echo to it. Um, God damn it. Yeah. So that would just every now and then he'd faintly hear the laugh. Um, he said it was just quite enough that I wasn't sure if I was just hearing things, but just a loud, just loud enough to keep me determined to find him. Uh, he continues saying, I looked in all four zones of the clock town only to find nothing and no one textures watching. Yeah. Textures were missing. Uh, the West clock tower had me walking on air and the entire area felt broken, hopelessly broken. So, uh, as the reverse song of healing repeated for what must've been the 50th time, like hearing that 
three minute song 50 times does not sound mm-hmm. fun uh, I remember standing in the middle of South Clocktown, realizing that I had never felt so alone in a video game before. As I walked through the ghost town, I, do, I don't know whether it was the combination of the out-of-place textures, the atmosphere, and the haunting melody of the once peaceful and soothing song being butchered and distorted, but I was literally on the verge of tears and I had no idea why. I walk this lonely road, only road that I will ever know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like Bob Dylan. Um, yeah, that is the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, correct? Yeah. Is that what there? Is that what Green Day was singing about yes. the video game? Yes. So Aha. I hardly ever cry, but some t- something had gripped me here and caused this powerful sense of depression that was both foreign and crippling. I tried leaving Clocktown, but every time I went through one of its exits, the screen would fade to black and I would enter another zone of Clocktown. I tried playing my ocarina, which is a little flute from the game series that can teleport you or change time. Um, I wanted to escape. I did not want to be here. However, every time I played the Song of Time or Song of Soaring, it would only say, your notes echo far but nothing happens. Mm. Which is also something that's like, if you haven't unlocked the song yet and you just know what, cause you actually play oh, the instrument yeah, yeah, in the yeah. game. You like push up down stuff like that. So if you play it before you've actually like found the song, that's like the thing that pop up. Oh, that makes sense. By this point, it was obvious the game didn't want me to leave, but I had no idea why it was keeping me here. I didn't want to go inside buildings. I felt it would be, I would be too vulnerable to whatever I was terrified of. I don't know why, but I came up with the idea that if I drowned myself in the laundry pool, I could spawn somewhere else and leave. So there's like a body of water in the town that you can drown yourself in. Oh, wow. As I ran towards the pool, it happened. Link grabbed his head and the screen flashed for a brief moment of the happy mask salesman smiling at me. Not Link, but me with the school kids scream playing in the background. Wait, what do you mean? Not, not link, but me, what does that mean? So usually when you're, you talk to characters in the game, it'll be like an over the shoulder thing. So like, you'll have like your character in the frame and you're talking to the person. They're looking at your character talking to them. Oh yeah. 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 But he said the screen was just his face looking like into the camera basically. Oh, wow. With yeah. with the characters screaming in the background. Jesus. When the screen returned, I was staring at the Link statue. Uh, used to cr- used, created by... Oh, usually created by playing the Eulogy of Emptiness. So, I guess you can create like a, like a statue of yourself. And it's a terrifying fucking statue. Um, Everything in that game was designed like so scarily. Yeah, it's it's kind of a creepy game. Uh, I screamed as the thing stared back at me with that haunting facial expression. I turned around and ran back to the south town, the south clock town. To my horror, the fucking statue followed me in a way that I can only describe as being similar to the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Oh shit. 
So for people unfamiliar, I've, I, I'm aware of the weeping angels. I've never really gotten into Dr. Who. I've tried Dr. Who I've tried. Uh, it's just not for me. Um, but, uh, okay. Every so often at random intervals, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I didn't explain it. He's <laughs> like, Dr. Who, who's that for me? Uh, well, I also got okay. distracted because the out. I forgot to mute the outro music, and we have hit the spot where our last episode ended, and so um. now it's playing into my headphones. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the weeping angels from Doctor Who—they're like creepy angel statues that uh, will kill you if you turn your back to them. So as long as you're looking at them, they won't move. But like if you turn away and you turn back, like it'll be closer to you. Yeah, I've I've seen that shit on uh the, they got Jorah from Game of Thrones, Jorah Mormont. They he was in an episode and there's like a part where like one of them got him in a headlock or something like that and okay. he's like and they're like I we got to leave and he's like uh, I they're going to snap my neck, but it's okay. Bye guys. And yeah, you like, snap my neck. You're a doctor, you'll fix me. Uh <laughs> he's like I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> and he crawled into his TARDIS and flew away. So every so often at random intervals, the animation would play of the statue appearing behind me. It was like the thing was chasing me or I don't even want to fucking say it haunting me. Mm. By this point I was on the verge of hysterics. However, not even once did I think of turning off the console. I don't know why, but I was so wrapped up in it. The terror felt also rear real jesus it is real real or <laughs> hey scooby doo i tr- roll, roll raggy raggy uh <laughs> well, that's pretty good yeah you're better at joe so i can be better at, at scooby <laughs> as scoob i tried to shake the statue but it literally appeared right behind me every single time it went off screen the, the, uh, the statue continued to follow Jay, and eventually it cornered him in a room, which uh, Jay said he decided to attack the statue, but nothing would happen. The statue just kept staring directly at him. Mm. So back to what he's saying. I stared at the statue and waited for it to kill me. Suddenly, the screen flashed again to uh, the happy mask salesman, and Link turned to face me, standing upright as a mirror image of the statue looking at me with his copy literally staring at me mm. so now like there's like three characters like staring at him jesus jay left the building uh he hoped to find sanctuary not to be you know placed back oh okay to to not be pl- placed back into the clock town center but in an underground tunnel uh to be greeted by the song of healing in reverse again and jesus. uh the statue was gone Jay thought he had actually escaped it, but as soon as it was gone, it came back. But this time, it was much more aggressive. Now, Jay couldn't take more than a few steps without the statue moving right behind him. Oh, and good so God. when the statue moves, it like teleports and like loads in. And so, like, a green circle will come in and it'll like kind of like appear out of the ground. So it's not like mm. moving with him, it's like it's like bouncing, it's like teleporting, it's like shooting around okay. with him. Okay. Jay sprinted out of the tunnel to appear back at the clock tower 
and uh, was met with the fade to white screen saying dawn of a new day, just like before with the with the the eyes, the L's, the lines, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time when the screen faded back into the game, he was in a new place. The screen faded in. Oh, okay, now I'm reading from him. Sorry, I forgot to put quotes. The screen faded in, and I was standing atop the clock tower with Skull Kid uh, over, hovering over me again. Silent. I looked up, and the moon was back, looming just meters above my head, but with the Skull Kid staring at me hauntingly with that fucking mask. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, uh, I was at the grocery store today, and uh, there was a guy in line behind me that had a giant... Uh, Majora's mask tattooed on his shin. Oh fuck! Yeah, on his shin or his calf. His whole his whole like front leg was like a uh, like a Zelda sleeve. Whoa! It was cool looking, but I was also like, okay, that's creepy, spooky, bad timing. Uh, so a new song was playing, the Stone Temple, the Stone Tower Temple theme. But it, too, was being played in reverse, which I will play real quick. I'm about oh, to drink no. Somebody, and I think you should, too. People often ask what is this? Got an ad. <laughs> I, I was like, what the fuck? So that, that one's not as creepy, but it's more intense. Yeah. I was going to say it's more creepy, actually. I don't know. I mean, I guess teach their own, but like, jeez, yeah. I mean, why do all these songs keep playing backwards? I mean, like, it seems like there's too many weird glitches to even like, like, like you said, to even have it justify just a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the slower tempo of the other one's more eerie and creepy to me. But, I mean, neither one's great. <laughs> so, uh, in some sort of desperate attempt, I quit my bow and fired off a shot at Skull Kid. It actually hit him, and he played an animation of him reeling back. I fired again, and on and again, and on the third arrow, a uh, text box appeared that said, That won't, that won't do you any good. He, he, he. Oh, shit. I was picked up off the ground levitated upwards on my back and link screamed as he burst into flames instantly killing him whoa i jumped when i when this happened i had never seen this move used by anyone or anything in the game and in addition skull kid didn't even have any attack moves as the dead scene played my lifeless body still burning the skull kid laughed and the screen faded to black I reappeared in the same place. I decided to charge him, but the same thing happened. Link's body was lifted off the ground by some unknown force and burst into flames again, killing him. This this time during the death scene, the faint sounds of the reverse song of healing could be heard. On my third and final try, I noticed there was no music playing. All there was was eerie silence. I remembered that in the original encounter with Skull Kid, you were supposed to use the ocarina to either travel back in time or summon the giants. Uh, 
uh, I didn't, I never got far enough to see giants. Uh, I attempted to play the song of time, but before I could hit the last note, Link's body once again burst into flames and he died. As the death scene neared its end, the game began to chug. It, it was as if the cartridge was trying to process a lot of something. When the screen came back to, it was the same scene as the first three times, except Link was laying on the ground, dead, in a position I had never seen in the game before. His head was tilted towards the camera, and Skull Kid was floating above him. I couldn't move or press any buttons. All I could do was stare at Link's dead body. After about 30 seconds of this, the game faded out with the message, You have met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking me to the title screen. Oh, fuck. So I feel like that's pretty creepy. That's like the last one, like, didn't even let him try. He was just like dead, contorted. Yeah, staring at the like, camera kind of give me goosebumps so upon getting back to the title screen and uh, starting again I noticed my save file was gone instead of Link because he previously said he named his, his save file Link um, mm-hmm. instead of Link was your turn in all capitals What? your turn had three hearts no masks or items so in other words like no progression in the game yeah uh, I selected this file and was and returned to the clock tower rooftop scene of Link's dead, uh, of Link dead, and the Skull Kid hovering over, with the Skull Kid's laugh looping over and over again. I quickly hit the reset, and the game booted up again. Uh, there was one more save file added below your turn, and it said Ben. Hmm. That save file was right back where it was before uh, before I deleted it at the Stone Tower Temple with the moon almost crashing. So again, when he got the game, there's a save file named Ben. It was pretty far uh, into the game, and he ended up deleting it, being that it was the previous owners, and now that save file is back after he deleted it. Holy shit. I turned the game off at this point. I'm not superstitious, but this is way too fucked up, even for me. I haven't played it at all today. Hell, I didn't even get any sleep last night. I kept hearing the reverse song of hearing in my head and couldn't get past the sense of dread I felt while exploring Clockdown. I drove back to the old man's house today with a buddy of mine. Uh, No way I was going there alone. Uh, To ask him some questions, only to find that there was a for sale sign in the front yard. When I rang the doorbell, no one was home. So now I'm back here writing down the rest of my thoughts and recording what happened. I'm terrified of this game, even more so now that I relived it a second time just writing this down. However, I feel like there's still more more to it than meets the eye, and there's something calling me to investigate further. I think Ben is something in this equation, but I don't know what. If I could get a hold of the old man... I'd be able to find some answers. I need another day or so to recuperate before tackling this game again. However, I feel it's already taken a toll on my insanity, but next time I do this, I'm going to record the entire thing. So this is where I'm going to end this saga, uh, which is really only the surface. This is honestly as far as I know about the story, because I, I remember reading this in 2010 when it first when he first published it. 
and I've always been aware of the story. I've never actually like checked back into it. <laughs> and the website I found that's devoted to this story just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. It's insane how fucking long it is. I'm not kidding. Like the scroll bar on the side. Oh man. As far as I wrote was maybe like a 30th of the length. Oh shit. So he must've updated this a lot or yeah. I mean, uh, so I don't even know how it really ends. I'm going to eventually get back to reading it, um, to see where it goes. But this would seriously be, I like, there's no way I could continue this, this story. Cause then it would just be what this podcast is. Uh, so if you're interested or really want me to continue the saga, let me know. Um, we can also like post the link to the story. If you want to read all the stuff, uh, there are also YouTube videos of this guy playing the game. Uh, oh, wow. he started recording it after things were getting really weird. So like most of the stuff I'm describing, you can actually watch and, actually seeing it uh is a whole hell of a lot creepier like you know just reading it and explaining it doesn't give the creepiness any justice like watching it is like with the sound yeah with the sounds and everything because like you also have to put in a factor this is a game from 2000 2000 and so like when the characters are like screaming and stuff like the sound effects are like you know not that great which adds a creepy factor to it in my opinion yeah, nostalgia, creepy. Like, yeah. I don't know. I agree. I don't know why, but I agree. Yeah, so there's not much of a moral to the story here, but uh, don't buy creepy-looking games <laughs> from creepy old men, really. Um. So do you think Ben was, like, his nephew or his son or, like, a demon or, like, a I cursed think, doll that he transferred the spirit into that? I think – I definitely think Ben was a previous owner who – um. Well, I think he drowned. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was especially creepy how he's like, oh, I'll just drown myself in the... And it stopped him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, did he ever try to go back and drown himself again? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think the it's definitely haunted by Ben. Yeah. I mean, whatever Ben is, I mean, maybe you guys could find that out deeper in the story. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know, because I don't know if that guy ever showed back up or I mean, he's old, too. Oh, it's, so. I, I, it's, it's honestly insane how long that website is. I could scroll all the so way to the bottom and like try to see if there's like a conclusion to it. But I, I don't want to. I want to read all of it. Yeah, it would take away. It's like reading the back. That's like going going and looking at the back page and seeing that Snape kills Dumbledore <laughs> and yelling at a bunch of kids. Yeah, exactly. At Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go like at least watch some of the YouTube videos because I have seen the creepy. I've seen some of them, but yeah, they are very creepy. Anyway, I think that concludes our, uh, our episode for this week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love telling you these stories and we love when you stick around and listen. Uh, if you guys want any more information, go to Camp Strange Podcast on Instagram and click the link in bio. We have all of our hyperlinks there for everything, whether it be merch or where to listen to us. If you guys want to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you can do that as well. But we're on every platform. If you guys want to send us an email, send it to campstrangepodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll respond. If you guys have any creepy stories of your own send them on over um and david do you have anything to say before we head out yeah also if any of that music i played was copywritten come at me nintendo big big <laughs> reggie come it's f- backwards they can't uh i mean there is but then also the laugh the laugh oh, might fuck. get us we, we won't oh, be laughing shit. then <laughs>
Anyway, um, any press is good press, so uh, we'll see. But um, anyway, David, anything else to say before we leave? Yeah, uh, so like Nintendo, you guys might uh, sue us. <laughs> Are you just <laughs> strictly speaking to Nintendo on every single <laughs> outro? <laughs> hey, guys, we love your stuff. Like, Bring, keep up the yeah. good. Don't sue us. My body is ready, Reggie. <laughs> And don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>